We have been hearing a series of sermons from the book of Genesis and the early stories. And last week, we talked a little bit about Abraham and Sarah. And this week, we're looking at chapter 21 of Genesis, its first seven verses, and about something that God did that was truly amazing and um, just points to the power and the ability of God to do the things that we think are impossible. So, Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7. I read here, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word from this 21st chapter of Genesis. Now, my sermon this morning is entitled, With God, the Unexpected Happens. That's something to think about, really. Now, many of you are old enough to remember a fellow by the name of Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson was a White House aide and uh, important guy in the Richard Nixon White House, the second one back in the early 70s. That was the Watergate era, as many of us can remember. For younger folks, it's kind of ancient history. But it was the Watergate era. And Chuck Colson, along with other aides in the Nixon White House, ended up being convicted, not of the Watergate break-in, but of the conspiracy to cover up the Watergate break-in. And, you know, you got to wonder why they even did that when Nixon won the election that year by 49 states to one. Um, Hubert Humphrey won his home state of Minnesota, and that was the only state that he carried. Anyway... Chuck Colson was part of that and was convicted of a felony and sent to federal prison at the federal prison in Maxwell Federal Prison in Alabama. And there he became a born-again Christian, this man who was the 
one of the chief aides in the White House. And, you know, if you're a chief aide in the White House, you protect the president and you are basically, how can I put this politely? You are a mean SOB. And so he converted. He became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there in prison, this man who had lived on the hard edge of the political life and had seen his president through to the bitter end and went to jail for him, became a born-again Christian. And it was while there in federal prison and becoming a Christian and learning what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he began what is still in existence today, though Chuck Colson's been dead since 2016, he began prison fellowship ministries. And it was a Christian ministry to prisoners across the country, first in federal prisons, then in local prisons. And it became a model for Christian ministry to those incarcerated across the prison system. And many people answered the call to ministry and became chaplains and teachers and involved in the leadership of prison ministries to help bring the word of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to others who were in need of hearing the word of salvation and seeing how it could change their lives for not only their personal salvation, but could change their lives for the time when they would leave prison. And it became and is a vital ministry across the land today. But who would have thought? Who would have ever guessed who, when Chuck Colson was in the White House, would have said, look at that man. You know, one day he is going to be head of one of the greatest ministries in the United States. There would not have been a soul. No one would have been able to have guessed it. No one would have probably been able to even have conceived of it. Certainly not in the church, but someone, a pastor, led him to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. God was at work in Chuck Colson even before Chuck knew it. And what happened is just what we're talking about. With God, the unexpected happens. And we see it time and time again in the scriptures as well as in life. In the scriptures, there was this fellow who was one of the best trained Pharisees of his time. Certainly this fellow, his name was Saul. He, if they would have given them out, he would have had a Ph.D. in legalism because that was how well-trained he was 
in the ways of Pharisaic Judaism. He was a well-trained man, a man who had a great determination, a man who loved God, a man who held close to his beliefs in Judaism. And when he saw this thing called the way, that is, these people following this man because he only regarded him as a man, this man, Jesus, and this very same Saul, who was sure that he could rid Judaism of this heretical movement, he went and he sought the support of the high priest. And he sought the support of the Sadducees. And you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were never very close, but they supported Paul, Saul, who would become Paul. And so he would get warrants. He would have Christians arrested and thrown in jail for their beliefs as followers of Jesus. He would go on and he would sit there and watch others stone the deacon Stephen to death. And then with, armed with a handful of warrants to arrest Christians, he left Jerusalem going up the road to Damascus. There he was going to seek to put many of the followers of the way into jail when on the road he is confronted by a blinding light and the risen Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he says to him, Saul, Saul. He blinds him. Others lead him by hand to Damascus. There in Damascus, God tells a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a man by the name of Adonias, Listen, you go and pray for that man, Saul. Lay your hands on him so that his sight might recover. And Adonias, speaking to the Lord, says, Do you know who this is? Do you know this is the guy that throws your people, your followers of your son Jesus, throws them into jail, sees that they are persecuted, sees to it. God says, go, lay your hands on him, pray for him. And then he tells Adonias, and I'm not sure if it's a blessing or a curse, and I will show him just how much he must suffer for my name. And so the Pharisee Saul has this Christian man, Adonias, come and lay his hands on him, and he prays for him. He receives his sight, and he tells him, the Lord Jesus Christ has done this for you. And he is then changed. 
He is transformed. He is converted. He is a new man. He is not the same Jew that he was before. He is now a Jewish man who is also a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to find out that his name now will be called Paul instead of Saul. And who would have ever thought it? No one in the Christian church at that time would have ever said, oh yes, this Pharisee Saul, he's going to become one of the great apostles of the church. He is going to be the one who plants all these churches in the Roman world. He is going to be the one who will write what will be one-third of the New Testament. No one would have ever guessed that. No one ever saw that coming with God, the unexpected happens. We read this morning together from Luke, the first chapter. Ordinarily, we only read it in December around Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas time, the Advent season. You know, should we even bring it out any other time but that? And yet we read it this morning. We find that the angel Gabriel comes to this 14 or 15-year-old girl, says to her, you're going to carry God's son. Yes, you. God has chosen you. You are going to carry God's son. She goes, well... Well, well, how is this possible? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will carry the one who will save all humankind. How is this possible? With God, all things are possible, the angel tells her with God the unexpected happens we get to this passage in Genesis seriously Abraham is a hundred years old Sarah, young 90. God has told them that you will one day have a child who will be the heir, who will be the line that I'm going through. Again, he's 100 years old. She's 90. Now, maybe some of y'all saw on the internet last week, maybe the week before, 75-year-old woman in India gave birth to twins. Husband was 79. The next week, both parents were in intensive care. 
And so this child, Isaac, is born. Isaac is a direct translation of the Hebrew for the Hebrew word laughter. And that's why it says, Sarah says, everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Well, it's either laugh or cry. And so Isaac is born against all odds, against all reason, against all the ideas of humankind. This just doesn't happen. And yet, the Bible tells us that not only did it happen, but it happened, and it is the one in which the line of the people of God is traced through. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, their son. It's Isaac who, with his wife, Rebekah, will have Esau and Jacob. Jacob will be chosen by God, and it is from Jacob that the 12 tribes of Israel will eventually come that form the people of Judaism. As I said last week, that also is from where Jesus will come. But still, I've read this many times over the decades you got to wonder if the Lord was crazy a little bit. But Abraham and Sarah, in their old age, have a son, Isaac. And everybody who heard about it laughs. With God, the unexpected happens. In our own lives, we sometimes can see God working in them in ways we had not anticipated. Where things we thought were not ever possible somehow came to pass. Because of God, not because of us. Often, they come to pass in spite of us. And one of the things that the whole of the Scripture teaches us is that just when you think you have figured out what the Lord is doing, you're in for a surprise. The 12 disciples that Jesus chose as he carried out his ministry as he went from village to village, town to town, city to city, countryside, Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, 
wherever his ministry took him, and they went with him, they were pretty sure they knew everything about Jesus. They were pretty sure they knew that Jesus was somebody they wanted to hitch their wagon to. They were pretty sure that this was just about the best thing ever until that last week in Jerusalem. And all the celebration turned into darkness and crosses and Jesus being nailed to a cross and Jesus suffering and bleeding and dying on a cross. This is not what they expected. When they all fled and hid, they were sure that it was over with and that they had all somehow misunderstood. They didn't do something right. Why did it have to happen like this? And then three days later, they find that the tomb is empty. They then encounter the risen Lord. And just when they had thought they had understood and figured it all out, the unexpected happened. And let me assure you of this. In your lives, when you think that you're at the end, that nothing can work, that something is over with, it may well be. But it doesn't mean that God is finished. And it may particularly mean that God is not finished with you. Hopefully, it won't mean that we'll be having babies late. But it may mean that God has something for you that you were not counting on. That nobody would have guessed. Do not be surprised overly. But maybe we'll be like those with Sarah who laugh at what God has done. For with God, the unexpected happens. Thanks be to God who surprises us each and every day.
Amen.